Macworld Podcast number 297 for April 18th, 2012. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. We're going to characterize today's episode as the Lend Apple a Helping Hand podcast. And why? Well, because perfect as Apple can be, there are still a few loose ends. And who better to deal with them than Apple's friends here at Macworld? To join me to discuss those loose ends is Macworld's editorial director and all-around big cheese, Jason Snell. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. Executive editor, John Seth. Good morning. And newly minted senior editor, Dan Morin. Good day, Chris. Good day. So, Jason, let's start with you. You recently penned a very popular article that detailed the issues you have with iTunes. Are you suggesting possibly that this music manager, movie player, data syncer, radio player, music arranger, CD ripper, iOS organizer, app purchaser, music streamer is somehow the tiniest <laughs> bit bloated. No, oh, why would I suggest such a terrible thing? No, you know, I did not really think that this I was saying anything controversial and I in fact I thought it was rather obvious and that I was doing it in a very sedated way and yet there has been just a firestorm of conversation most of it agreeing or taking my arguments much further um but also some people disagreeing and and those people interestingly kind of characterizing my arguments as much more extreme than they are but yeah I mean iTunes started out as a jukebox, right? I mean, it really started out as, as SoundJam MP from Cassidy and Green, and then Apple bought it, and they converted it into this jukebox app before there was even an iPod, although obviously they knew there was an iPod coming. So over the years, since the introduction of the original iPod, Apple's just kept adding features. So you add in your... Um, syncing features to the iPod, and as new devices come, you sync to them, and you have to sync to Apple TV. You add in the iTunes Store, you add in video, uh, you know, not just music videos, but TV shows and movies, a and you you uh, put in all the cloud features that were added recently, and there's so much inside of iTunes. And I think a lot of us have been saying for a long time, it's it's this Winchester mystery house of an app. It is just an agglomeration of things. And at that's some a very point, local reference, Jason. It is. I know. Sorry, I went local there. I went Bay Area. Look it up, people. Winchester yeah, Mystery you, House. Unless you, unless you watch Supernatural, in which case it's actually a nationwide reference. Wow. So I, I dropped a Supernatural reference there. So anyway, the old lady Winchester, right, was felt, felt that, that ghosts would haunt her or something if she didn't keep adding onto her house. And so this house has got all these kind of crazy extra rooms and doors that don't go anywhere. And, and, and iTunes is a little bit like that. I'm sorry to say that it, it started out as a good idea and it's just kind of uh, agglomerated into this thing that we've got now. And I don't think most people would say that it's good. Um, that, and it's not to say that it isn't serviceable. I use it every day to listen to music and it's fine, but it's got lots of issues that could probably be, I mean, I guess the way I would put it is Apple would never design it that way today. If Apple was starting from square one and needed to make a make something that did all of these things, Apple wouldn't do it that way. And in fact, if you look on iOS, Apple doesn't do it that way. There's a music app and a videos app and an app store app and a, a you know and an iTunes app, and they're all separate. And then syncing is handled in the preferences in the settings app. So, uh, you know, so what I was really saying, and mostly about device syncing, is that it's time for a rethink. That it's too hard. And uh, in my particular case, my wife's uh, iPad lost all its apps, and it was a process where I literally plugged it in because I wanted to sync a couple of movies, and it said, "Oh, you, I haven't seen this iPad before." Would you like me to sync apps with it? That will that will cause all of the apps currently on it to be deleted. And there's a dialog box that says delete apps or don't 
delete apps. So I click don't delete apps because I'm not interested in syncing apps with my with my Mac. I, it works fine just using the App Store. Uh, and so I, I click don't delete apps and it, of course, deleted all her apps. So I got in trouble because I've ruined her iPad and I have to get it all back the day before we're going on a trip. And uh, and also I got really frustrated because what's the point of a don't delete apps button? And, you know, this is not the first time I've lost apps or all my folders have disappeared during a sync. And, you know, it's just a mess. And there's got to be a better way to, to handle syncing and all these media types. And, you know, I think it's telling that the Mac App Store wasn't put into iTunes, that Apple made a Mac App Store app. So, you know, I just I, I feel like iTunes has been with us for, what, 12 years now and um, 11 years, something like that. And it's time for Apple to, you know, on the Mac and I guess the PC, too, to, you know, rethink it a little bit and Jason, say, what will we do today? Clearly, you're clicking it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing. Yes, yeah, so I, I click that uh, dialog box in, in, without a little bit of English on it. Yeah, it and you may right have thing. downloaded a copy of Bizarro iTunes, which and does I, exactly I not, the opposite of what you ask it to do. And I am Wait. not an co- incompetent computer user, right? I, I, I theoretically know what I'm doing, and I was not trying anything crazy and difficult. It was literally just an iPad and syncing. And, you know, it just brought to mind the fact that it always is a struggle to wrestle with this stuff. It has been, especially since you, Apple started releasing devices that you couldn't really drag and drop files anymore. You needed to use the sync system and it's locked to one computer, you know, and 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 in contrast, a lot of the iCloud stuff and the iTunes match and stuff like that, that actually is a recent development and works better. So I feel like you know there's got to be something there where Apple Apple uh, well, needs to get these things. That seems like along. the direction they're heading in, right? And it seems like as that grows in functionality and can get to the point where it can replace a lot of the stuff that we turn to iTunes now, because we have this whole new approach that you know was outlined by Apple when they introduced iCloud is that you know the truth is in the cloud, right? So you know instead of the truth being on your Mac and you, you sync all your devices to your Mac, which acts as sort of that digital hub, you know instead in the future we're going to be looking to get all our information from from the cloud and so i think there's there's a you know a shift going underway there but they're not ready to sort of flip the switch and say all right everybody can turn well, to everything for the cloud yeah, there, right? there's it, there's whole it, there's holes in that you know one of the things i hate the most syncing wise in itunes is photos because you have to plug in your you plug in your device then you have to go to the photos tab and then you have to choose you know if you're using iPhoto or aperture then you have to go in and check individual boxes for albums or photos then you have to apply it then iTunes has to convert versions of your photos each photo for that device and then sync them and you can't do any of this before you've had your device connected and you know right. there is photo stream but photo stream is not the same thing you know i don't want to have all my most recent photos necessarily i want to have the edited albums that i created in aperture with just the photos I want from that particular day on my device to show and to have with me. And I don't, it's not, it's not the same thing. And, and it's one of the most kludgy and pointless processes in, in the whole iTunes sync system. Yeah. And in Apple TV, similarly, you know, you can't uh, stream content from a Mac to an Apple TV unless iTunes is running. So you're like, oh, I got to go launch iTunes in order to do this, which is dumb, right? There should be something running in the background. And, and to Dan's point about uh, the cloud, you know, I, I think that's great. The problem with the cloud is that there are, um, 
and this is not to say Apple is thinking this way, because I think Apple is very uh, much aggressively pushing toward cloud stuff. But the reality is people have bandwidth caps and people have slow internet connections. And sometimes you don't have an internet connection, right? And so, so I had a lot of people respond to my article by saying, well, Apple's just leaving that iTunes stuff to rot because it's going to put everything in the cloud. And I thought, well, wait a second. So I've got a gigabyte HD home movie. What are my options? I guess I could force it to upload. Can I do that into my iCloud storage? Well, I only have five gigabytes anyway. And so I'm going to sit at home and upload a gigabyte to the internet and then download a gigabyte back onto every device I want to sync. It It just, you know, it seems wasteful. And maybe when we've got infinite storage and infinite bandwidth, that's reasonable. But it seems more likely that what Apple needs to do is create the idea of almost a personal iCloud where when you're on a local network and there are machines that have data that they're syncing their data, you know, so so you're aware of what's available where and you can, you know, Dropbox does this and I know Dropbox is it's a sort of a simple model because it's just the files in the folder, but Dropbox has this land sync idea and you know, if you've got a computer on your network that's got the file, it doesn't download it again from Dropbox. It downloads it from the other computer on your network that's got the file because it'll be much faster and you won't be wasting bandwidth. And if Apple did something like that, I think that would be really cool to sort of say, you know, now what's going to happen is you're going to have a little iCloud thing that's going to live on your Mac in the background, nothing you have to run. It'll just be running in the background and it'll and it'll sync this stuff and you can set your photo settings from iPhoto and, and you know, and, and your music settings from iTunes and it'll all make sense. I, I think that would be a way to do it. But there's got to be a way to do local sync. You can't throw it away entirely because... What if you're somewhere and you have no internet, but you've got a computer and an iPhone? How do you, you know, get the files from one place to another? Okay, so looking kind of at the big picture about iTunes, is it time to throw the game board up in the air and start over? Or does iTunes simply need to be tweaked so that it works right so it doesn't do stupid things like delete your apps when you told it not to? And well, Apple simply needs to tighten it up and, and make it easier to use. I think there's a suggestion that, you know, and I, I got a lot of flack for something that I think we'll we'll discuss in a bit. But I think there's something to be said for um, carving out portions of this into places that make a little more sense. For example, I think that that um, the App Store, I mean, so Jason, as Jason mentioned, you know, when, when Apple unveiled the Mac App Store, they made it its own app. Um, and so in some ways, you know, the having the iOS App Store as part and parcel of iTunes is a little strange. I mean, yeah, it makes sense in the sense in you know from the perspective that you're downloading stuff into iTunes and then syncing it, and iTunes does the syncing part as well. But you know, on iOS, there's a separate app store and a separate iTunes store, for example, even though they're the same source. So I, you know, part of me wonders why you couldn't build the iOS app store as a separate section of the Mac app store app or the just app store app. You know, and then have access to it through there and relegate, as Jason was saying with iOS again, you know, syncing to more of a system level thing than an iTunes thing. And I think some of the challenges that have been brought up uh, to face that are the fact that, you know, Apple may still maintains iTunes for Windows as well, right? So there's a question of, well, you don't necessarily have system level access on Windows. What do you do there? Do you split it off into multiple applications there? Or is it just easier to just maintain iTunes for Windows the way it is? But it seems to me that there are a lot of functions that that are independent and differently shaped enough that a different application makes sense. And I think that, you know, apps and potentially syncing is definitely one of those places. Because, I mean, you know, as we're saying, this grew organically over time. And at first, the only thing that you could sync was music, right? And all your music was in iTunes. So that made sense. 
Um, and then as we went along and you got different types of media, some of them get shoveled into iTunes and it doesn't fit, right? I mean, I think video is my favorite example, especially video that you shoot yourself. I mean, you know, especially I know most of you guys have kids. You shoot videos of your kids on your iPhone, or your iPad or whatever. And it's like, well, where does that live? Does it make sense for it to be an iPhoto with photos? Does it make sense to be with iTunes because your movies and television shows are in there? Um, when it seems like what, don't forget what's really needed. Right, right. Which isn't iMovie even, too. Right. When you want to get yeah. your movies into iMovie, but it doesn't catalog <laughs> your movies. And so it's a right. strange child that has no – like three parents – and what you really need is another app, really. And I know, you know, that sounds you're like, oh, we got so many apps, we don't need more apps. Like, but you know, that's something that deserves it because at an atomic level, it's a different thing and it's treated differently. And it's not that Apple hasn't broken up, you know, the the done the antitrust business on an on an app. Like, you know, the iOS devices used to have an iPod app. And the iPod app had your movie, your videos in it, and it had your music in it, and you know that's changed now. And every iOS five device has a separate application for music and a separate application for videos. So it's not that Apple said, "Well, we've been." It's not that like they can say we've been doing it this way in iTunes, and people want simplicity, and they already know how to do it, and it's better to have everything in one place because clearly they've seen that sometimes it makes sense to split things into multiple pieces when that serves the use better. Although, although if you shoot video on your iPhone, it doesn't go into the videos app, does it? <laughs> it no, no it goes in your app. camera roll and photos. <laughs> yeah, again, which is just like, okay, you know. <sighs> because it has to be in the thing. same place as the yeah. other things a, that you shot on your device. It's a little which... eye-rolling, and I, and I say this mainly from the experience of trying to help a cousin. My cousin, he had all these uh, photos he'd, he'd shot on his Android smartphone and was trying to get them onto his Mac, which turned out to be an incredible hassle just because you know it, it didn't like the format it was it didn't want to put it in iPhoto and it's just like you know this is a different thing it's it's key to recognize that yeah you shoot them both with a camera but you want to do different things with them after you are done okay well now that we've resolved that maybe it needs to be broken up like a large conglomerate what individual pieces do we want well i think i think what dan said about uh Syncing. I, I don't know about on Windows. On Windows, it might need to be like still embedded in iTunes, or, or or maybe there's some way to do a background process. I'm not sure how you architect it on Windows, but on the Mac, I feel like the syncing stuff should just run in the background, and there should be a system preference, or or, or there's an you know, or there's an app, or there's a menu bar, or something that comes down that lets it you configure I it. Sync. But, uh, they could. They could. Apple's really good at resync or uh, reusing old names well, now, and so they could call did, it though, iSync right? again. Like, right? Essentially, yeah. that that process existed. They just it just wasn't very there. good, and no, it wasn't but, very good, and it was it was pr- it was sort of for, for phones pre iPhone, but but iSync as a concept, I, I think you know you bring that back and you say I'm running in background syncing in the background. If you've got Apple TVs and and you've said you want to share with them that you don't need to run iTunes for the Apple TV to see your media store, you know you don't need to run iPhoto for it to see the photos that are that are there. And then you, there's a, a settings area where you can set device settings and how you want things to sync. You know, I, and and so I think that as a separate concept from iTunes is a really great idea. Um, you know, iTunes as a media hub, you know, I'm okay with it being movies and TV and video all in one place as sort of like your media management app. That's sort of, I think, is okay. I'm not sure if I need a separate movies app. 
Um, but and, and then the App Store. I actually think that the that the iOS App Store um, doesn't belong in uh, in iTunes at all. And uh, I'm not sure whether it belongs anywhere on the Mac or whether that should just be something that's between an iOS device and Apple and doesn't involve a computer at all. But if a computer must be involved, I feel like uh, maybe that should be part of the App Store app. Uh, that already uses services Mac apps and that maybe you could download and sync stuff uh, or set the settings for that there. But I'm not sure whether iOS apps should even be part of the equation anymore. Now that everything is redownloadable and every device comes with iCloud and you've got, you know, you've got, you're able to back up your device to iCloud and you're able to restore from the app store. And I realize there are big apps. And if you're somebody with a slow connection, you're not going to want to do that. So having some facility to restore or backup apps is good. But for most people, I feel like that's um, not commonly done, and it really is a terrible interface. That's the that's like other than syncing. I mean, the app interface is slow. It was really never intended for a large number of apps, which everybody has now. It doesn't work very well. So I would get rid of that and either kill it entirely or move it somewhere else. But I, so those are the three big ones for me. It's sort of like keep it as a media player and and browser for the iTunes Store. Move the apps out um, and uh, move syncing out. Okay. Other suggestions? I, I think there's some frustration. I mean, as much, you know, I sort of agree with the Media Hub aspect of it. But in that case, I feel like there are capabilities that are, dare I say, missing. I mean, for example, you know, you have, you know, all your ebooks in iTunes right now. And, but you can't really oh, that's do much terrible. with it, right? Like, that's, that's a terrible. terrible place for those. But I mean, if you break that out, then why not start breaking out movies or, you know, and TV shows or what have you as well? Well, who um, needs, why do you even have ebooks there, right? I mean, ebooks are so small that just saying re download them. I, you know, well, that's because, one of those, because there's stuff that you don't get from the store in theory, right? Like, yeah, but that's such that, an edge. Apple doesn't really support. I mean, that's such an edge case. I'm not sure if Apple cares. I mean, most other apps, iOS apps, if you've got a file that you downloaded from somewhere else, it's your job to figure out how to get it into the app. Well, the right? real solution. Yeah, I will say I say the real solution again. And I'm going to go back to the uh, the breaking it up thing is is an iBooks app. You know, because I think that there's something that functioned not only as a yes, like yes. here's your library, but let you read stuff on your Mac. And for me, that makes sense, right? Again, it's a different type of media. It's got a different use case. It's got a different consumption method. Why not have a different place for it to live instead of shoveling it in with music? It doesn't make sense. There is nothing similar about books and music. And also, even if you don't want to read it, an entire book on your computer, as um, uh, Kirk McElhorn wrote about some things to do with the iTunes Store, and one of them was let me view a sample of a book from the iBook store on my computer because you know I can under he could understand not necessarily wanting to have the entire reading experience be on your computer. Leave it to a device, that's fine. But to be able to preview a book to decide if you want to buy it, it's the only type of media where you have to send it to another device, go to that device, read it, and then decide whether you want to go back and then purchase it. And, and I mean, it's it's sort of ridiculous. So even if it's just a way to, you know, for most people to even look at samples or give them the option to read a whole book, it does make sense to treat books differently. And I totally agree. Also, there's audiobooks in iTunes. And one of the things that I hate about when they brought um, ebooks in is that. Um, <laughs> they're all in the same place. They're, yeah, they're all yeah. they're all treated the same, which makes which is no terrible. Sense. So if you've got audiobooks, you've got this books tab that's got audiobooks and non audiobooks together. 
in the uh, it's it's a again we're back to this agglomeration we're back to the Winchester Mystery House which is they had audiobook support and then at some point they had this iBooks thing and they're like well what do we do about that and PDFs are going to be supported too what are we going to do about that and, <laughs> yeah, the, and they're like all right sense. let's just add that into the books part because those are totally like audiobooks in that they have the word book in them right uh, yeah yeah i think one thing that might help and i'm i'm sure apple would never ever ever do this but if they provided some way to sideload content so that if your device showed up on your desktop as a device and you just drop a movie on it or you drop a book on it, yes, it's easier to do it through iTunes when it works. But if you do have content that you didn't get from Apple, you got something for Project Gutenberg, for example, just drop it on there. It knows where to go and it shows up. It's well, a pain to do with a Kindle, but at least you can do it. And it's well, not iTunes, that already, iTunes already has a mechanism for that with the you know the file, but it's section hidden of in the that bottom. apps. Yeah, well, that and it's also yeah. relegated to third-party apps as well. Right, right? but I, I mean, but if Apple or, or if, yeah, non, if Apple let iBooks do that, yeah, yeah, it yeah would, I mean it, it would take. Much. I mean, like I've relegated to sideloading all of my content in GoodReader on my iOS device because it will take pretty much any file and play it back or let you view it. Um, but it's not, yeah, and you can sort of, you can mount your device in the finder and just drag stuff into it as well. But at the same time, yeah, it's, that's, you know, a third party that's, that's got their own way of approaching it. And I agree with Chris, it would be great if you could just drag it onto your device and anywhere to go. Well, imagine uh, you take the sync stuff and you, um, you break that out. And, and you have a better interface for that apps tab that's currently in iTunes. And then Apple adds support for dragging in files, third party, you know, dra- just dragging and copying files into the iBooks app and the videos app and the music app. And then, so all you really have to do is you can set syncing and stuff like that, but you can also just open that up, the, the sync preferences, and or or maybe it's an interface where the device mounts on your desktop and you double click, and instead of seeing a file browser, you see an app browser and it lets you drop things into apps. I mean, there there's probably a way to do this that would be fairly easy for a regular user to do, where they're like, I've got a movie, can I just drag it on and have it say, oh, do you want me to put this in the videos app, assuming that it's compatible? It asks you that question, you say yes. You can already delete delete that stuff on the app. So it's not as if there's a sync management issue. Actually, in fact, it's it's oddly asymmetrical where you can delete de- things off of your device on the iOS device, and then when you attach it to the Mac, it syncs them back on. It's like, no, 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 I'm supposed to sync that. It's like, no, but I deleted it. Let go. And, and it won't do it. So I feel like maybe Apple is moving in this direction, but you could sort of see with that, with that dragging files in interface that's really badly implemented – but it's there that it's close, right? And 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 I think Apple, might, you know, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Apple will embrace that and just say, look, you know, drag a file in if you want, sync it if you want. That 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 facility is already there and it works pretty well in something like GoodReader to drag in a video file. If the iPad can play it, it'll play it. Right, and and this is in many ways unique, not unique, but to media. Like this is specific to media, right? I mean. With the addition of iCloud, you used to sync all your, and some people probably still do, your address books and your calendars and stuff through iTunes as well. And since implementing iCloud, you, you can still sync it through iTunes. But if you go into you know iTunes and look at your device summary, it's like, oh, you're syncing all this stuff through iCloud. I'm not even going to worry about it. And that's something that's offloaded, right? It's It's part of the system now instead of being 
part of iTunes. And so I could see them very easily adopting a similar approach where, you know, your iCloud pane and your system preferences or whatever says, look at my music library, look at my video library, look at my photo library. Here's where I choose which things I want to sync. And you could have separate apps just like you do on iOS, music, video, etc. cetera. Um, I think in some ways that makes a lot more sense, but instead of having this huge monolithic iTunes, but I think they're, they, you know, maybe they're a little worried that, that that'll be too much for people to handle, but uh, it already works on iOS. I don't see why this is a big deal. Right. Now, I think I want to talk broadly about uh, syncing because I think that's where we see a lot of frustration from people. Is it that Apple doesn't get it? I mean, they've tried syncing for years and years and years, and it never seems to work right. And we thought, okay, iCloud is going to be it, and it's still not. Or is it just that it's really, really hard to do? I think... I think, I think Apple's both. getting I think yeah I think it is hard to do and I think Apple is getting it but they haven't gotten it yet and iCloud I know iCloud isn't isn't perfect right but I feel like iCloud is the best job Apple has done at this and that it's getting better I I actually love like iCloud backup for my iOS devices, yeah. um, I, it's great. I I don't need to back up to using iTunes anymore, right? I mean, I, when I talked, when I was complaining about iTunes, I heard from a lot of people who said, "Oh, iTunes." I just stopped syncing with iTunes because it wasn't worth it. Yeah. I just do everything over iCloud, right? So iCloud is better. It's got some issues, but I feel like Apple with that is getting is is getting closer to to the right approach, and that and that that's why I suggest that maybe a future um, you know desktop sync approach be just kind of glom onto iCloud and say, I'm also part of iCloud here on our local network because, you know, iCloud, it's better. It's not, you know, iTunes matches a little weird, right? I mean, that's the part that's not working quite right. Um, and I think that's hard. I think that's where the it's really hard comes in is how do you make something like, how do you kind of uh, knit in all of these different media types where there's on device and off device and and in a playlist but not on the device and do you show it and how do you download it that's the hard part but i feel like they for the first time in a long time apple is making progress toward figuring out sync and cloud services you know when it comes to uh the media stuff and the backup stuff maybe not the file sharing between apps so much but backup and media i feel like they're they're getting there well, that and the, as I was saying before, the data. I think I think I've had remarkably fewer conflicts or issues with syncing my contacts and calendar information than I have in any previous incarnation of their online syncing service. Um, and I think it's it works very smoothly. Um, and I'll even put in a good word for for iTunes Match, which I have had great experiences with. It's basically for me, it's worked exactly the way I wanted it to work. Um, and it's a little weird there because I think they were forced to deal with this issue of, well, lots of people have stuff that you couldn't just – you couldn't necessarily just you know make available everything in the iTunes library as like a subscription service. you got to sort of grandfather in people who have all this stuff they've ripped or whatever. Um, and I think it's, it's peculiar in a way that movies and video aren't because of the way that we've acquired those for the most part. Um, but I, I think that – this, you know, they've shown, I agree that they've shown a lot of progress and iCloud has really improved things as they've gone along. And I think that they're going to want to look more towards that in terms of solving these sync issues in the future. But I, I agree, it's a, it's a hard problem. Um, you know, any, anybody who's run into an issue where you've had two versions of a file and, you know, OS ten pops up a box or something and tells you, ah, you've got these two versions, there's a conflict. And it's like, I have no idea. I do not know what is different between these two. Yes, this one's a little later, but this one's smaller. I don't know. And so, you know, sync is a hard problem to, uh, to deal with. I think Dropbox has done a really admirable job of it in terms of just pure file syncing. 
Um, but it's a it's a tough problem to solve. Okay, now what about iTunes Match? We've uh, we've all paid for it. Will all of us re up again when it comes time? Yes, I will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I, I used it for it. the first round of you know upgrading all my old um, my old bad rips from you know ten years ago, and that was totally worth it. But just having basically a backup of a large majority of my music, my my library is larger than than fits, so I've had to remove stuff. But having for me, it's just having that backup, having it accessible for my different devices. It's totally worth the the twenty five bucks, and and you know I'm I'm gonna do it. Well, I love the syncing. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the fact that my playlists sync, and I've got I've got a, a a Mac at home and a Mac at work, and I've got iOS devices, especially my iPhone, which I listen to music on, and the fact that I can buy music. In one place, if and if I do that with with iTunes, it's covered regardless. But if I do it with Amazon and I add it in one place, I can download it everywhere else because it automatically syncs and uploads and recognizes. And uh, you know, if I'm desperate and, and want to add something, like I was in Berlin and I wanted to add an album that I hadn't brought with me to Germany, and I was on the hotel Wi-Fi and I just downloaded it. I turned on iTunes, you know, show show uh, lo- non-local music and tap the button and it came down and then I had it that that's great so I, I I am I didn't expect to be that surprised and and delighted by that but it works pretty well it's not it's still a little buggy but the ability to get that music anywhere and play it anywhere and I've told this story before I was sitting in an airport lounge in I think of Phoenix and they had free Wi-Fi and I, I had a laptop with no music on it because it was a MacBook Air and it doesn't have a lot of storage space and you know I just started double clicking on songs and shuffling through and it just worked which is it's great so I think that's worth uh, whatever it is 25 bucks yeah for me I've got you know three Macs in my in my house you know I've got my sort of desk work Mac I've got a Mac mini server and I've got a MacBook Air that I sort of travel around with. And the ability to have all of my music in a centralized library. For years, I had two iTunes libraries. I had one on my primary sort of machine that I did all my work on. And then I had all sort of these imported library I'd built up over years on my on my media server. And so it was like, oh, man, that song's on here, but it's not on there. And I had to you know use the home sharing stuff to sort of import stuff and try to keep them in sync. But now I love that I just have it on one device. I have no music on either of my other computers. I've deleted my entire library. It saves a ton of space and it's just it's so much so many fewer headaches in dealing with where are where is my media kept. So in theory like you know it's great that you can take a computer out of the box, flip on iTunes Match and all of a sudden you have access to everything in your library. So I don't need to worry about these even like backing up the music on my other two machines because there's no music there. So I think all of those things it just it works so well in in doing exactly what it sets out to do and and, and there are a few glitches here and there uh, i've had a couple that i haven't figured out yet but um overall it's been incredibly good for me there's two things i think itunes match needs to really work to its full potential one is it needs to be better at matching tracks there are just too many things where you have an album and a couple songs still don't match there's no reason why there's no way to fix it there's no information about it it just says you know, not matched. And so you have to upload it. And if you have a crummy or older version, then you're stuck with that. And, you know, I know it's difficult to do and there's a lot of work that goes into it, but Apple needs to make that better. And the other thing is they need to raise the limit because 25,000 tracks sounds like a lot, but for people who are serious music fans and have large libraries that they've collected over years and years and years, 
it's not enough. And when you're over the limit, you can't even sign up or it just stops working at a certain point. You should be able to, you know, you, you can pay more to have more iCloud storage. You should be able to pay an extra five bucks or you should be able to do something to get more tracks in your iTunes match library. And I think Apple will do that at some point. But right now, those are the two, the two big things for me. It's not going to keep me from, uh, re- renewing when the year's up, but I think those are two things Apple really needs to address to make it, uh, viable in the long run. I wanted to add one thing to what Dan said. Um, th- when we talked about this, the crazy idea that I have about sort of like iCloud is not just on Apple servers, but is on your personal network. One of my frustrations is I've got a Mac with all my music on it, and then I've got another Mac that doesn't have any music on it, and I'm sitting at home, and I double-click on something, and it's going to stream it over the Internet. Um, and this is one of those cases where there's home sharing, which Apple has done, and there's iCloud and iTunes Match, and they don't talk, right? And yeah. I, this is an opportunity to say, Oh, you're logged into iTunes Match. You're logged into home sharing. That device is on iTunes Match. We're all on the same network. I'm going to just stream it from over there. And my understanding is right now that doesn't happen. If I've got everything on my Mac Mini in a closet and I'm sitting on my bed on my MacBook Air and I double click a song, it's downloading it over the Internet. And and if I want to listen to it from that other system, I have to use the sharing interface, which is different. It doesn't let you edit playlists. It doesn't let you do genius. And, you know, those should come together, too, because those are two very similar features, and they're both good. But why aren't they one? And and I know it's not it's a little tricky, but be, if you can do that handoff of saying, hey, I know about what's here and also what's in the cloud, and I can use whichever is smarter, like Dropbox does, uh, that would be a great feature add because then then you know people who have lots of storage caps or a really slow internet connection don't have to worry because they're like, ah, I've got that locally. I don't need to re-download that. Okay, well, now that we've solved all Apple's problems regarding iTunes and iTunes Match... Well, uh, some. Some, yeah. <laughs> there are probably 90, more. 99%. I have more things, but I'll hold, them, I'll hold them for the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think our main message to Apple is get on that and, and let us know when it's fixed. Or you've done something else. So uh, let's turn to Dan. And you recently wrote about Messages, the beta app that incorporates text messaging and instant messaging. And you found it wanting. So what's your beef, buddy? Well, my beef, and I got a lot of flack for a lot of these uh, these opinions, but um, is that I find text messaging and IM to be kind of different. And maybe that's just the way that I use them. Um, but I find them to have very different shapes in terms of the way that they're that they are make me available. For example, on my IM client, I can set myself as available. I can set myself as away if I know I'm going to be away from the computer for a while. Uh, I can even have a message up, like sort of like an answering machine message that just says like, hey, if you IM me, I'm having lunch or I had to run to the store or something like that. And so... I find that like it's a very stateful system and I can even I can even fudge it, right? Like sometimes I eat my lunch at my desk, but I say I'm at my lunch just so people know don't expect an immediate response from me. Maybe I'm I'm I'll catch up with you when I get back. Um text messaging on the other hand is very immediate. It's it's very interruptive. It's always, you know, it it alerts you at the exact moment. There's no choice of having somebody say, you know, oh, I'm not around right now. Um, you you get this immediate in expectation of response, right? Because you've, you've got my message now. Why haven't you already written me back? Um, and so I think that, that putting uh, the iMessage support, I, I love having iMessage support on my Mac because sometimes I'm not near my iOS device. And, you know, if uh, somebody sends me uh, an iMessage uh, Maybe, you know, it pops up on Mac and I can, I can get it while I'm at work. Um, but 
I find that it's a little bit intrusive in that way, and there isn't the same sort of control that I have for I am. Another example being on, on instant messaging, for years you've been able to decide to block people, to say, you know what, I only want to receive messages from people on my buddy list, or I want to block these specific people, or I only want to allow these specific people. Uh, I have my, my parents have, uh, I've set up iChat accounts for them for screen sharing, so I can do troubleshooting, as I'm sure many of us have. I thought you were um, going to say you block your parents. Yeah, I know. No, but I set up their accounts so that they only get IM from me so that they don't get IM spam or, you know, other people bothering them because they don't, they wouldn't know what it was. They would confuse them. Um, and so I think that it's a very powerful system and it's a very granular system in terms of those permissions you can set. And again, that's something that you really don't have an option of in text messaging. There's, I, lo- I did a little looking and it turns out it's not very easy to say block a specific number. And I think we've all gotten text spam too mm-hmm. in, the, in this day and age. But in order to actually block a number, you usually have to go to your provider. You have to go to their website. In some cases, like in AT&T, it's actually an extra feature that you have to pay for. Um, and it's for something that's that intrusive and that immediate, you know, if somebody text spams me or iMessage spams me, which is not that hard because they can probably figure out what my email address is and that's linked to my iMessage, um, then it goes to all of my devices. Uh, and sort of the last sort of one of the major problems that I know a lot of us have run into as well is, um, and this is more of a failing of iMessage in general than the messages beta, but uh, now when somebody sends you an iMessage, it pops up on all of your devices at the same time. So especially if you've ever had a conversation that's like instant messaging, and in instant messaging, if we're having a conversation, it's very often a rapid back and forth. I talk to many of my colleagues on online, and so you know we're having discussions about work stuff. If you start getting iMessages for every single message that somebody sends you, and it's popping up on three devices at once, and sounding alerts on all of them, and popping up banners, it gets overwhelming really fast. And that to me says, this doesn't quite work right. These are not the same thing. So I, I'm not... One of my suggestions was breaking it apart. A lot of people objected to that idea because they think it will sort of proliferate the app structure. And that may be true. There may be a way to get messages beta to more appropriately handle these different types of conversations. But right now, it just treats them all like they're on the same level, and I find it kind of crazy. Well, what I think is interesting about this is because what we may be looking at is iTunes at the beginning, where – you had iChat and it just does that. And then they expanded a little bit so that it would do video and you can now start having conferences. You can share files. Now they're starting to pull in SMS into this as well. Are we headed down the iTunes road where five years from now we're going to have this same kind of conversation? We're going, it does too much. We need to break this thing up. But at the same time, I, iChat messages, whatever you want to call it these days, has a video chat function, but there's also FaceTime. There's right. a completely different thing. So you've got in the messages beta, you have IM and SMS type messages, and then you have video, and then you have a separate app for FaceTime to do another type of video. And so it's kind of all over the map. And so, you know, they're, they're on devices, they're on the, the desktop. And so it's not even that Apple's trying to put too much into one. It's that there's different pieces in different places. It's not necessarily the right pieces in the right places. Right. And FaceTime isn't very well integrated in messages um, because you can still do, as, as John's saying, you can still have a video chat in iChat the way that you always have. But there's also now an option if you happen to be talking to somebody who you have a contact for. Uh, you know, an Apple ID for, and they're on FaceTime, you can like go to a little menu and choose, you know, FaceTime with this person. And then it opens the FaceTime app. So a separate in some app, ways, right. right, a separate app. And so for me, in some ways, it makes more sense if uh, messages were to be grouped with FaceTime, because 
for one thing, they're both keyed off the same account. You use your Apple ID for them. So, and on the iOS side, and these are both things that have been imported from iOS onto the Mac. On the iOS side, there is a link between the two in the sense that if you go to the top of any conversation in messages on your iPhone, you'll see a button to FaceTime the person. Um, and so I think there's more synergy between those two concepts of ha- being able to do, oh, I want to have a text conversation with this person. Oh, I want to switch to a video conversation and then maybe go back to texting them. Uh, in some ways, those seem like a dual prong approach that replaces the dual prong approach or, or complements the dual prong approach for IM and video chat there. But I agree. It's very weird to have these two systems running in parallel, but at the same time, I'm not sure that smushing them together is the right approach. And maybe Apple's thinking, well, you know, with iMessage and FaceTime, then the whole idea of instant messaging as per, you know, AOL instant messaging, uh, MSN, Gchat, etc., will go by the wayside and we'll just replace everything with iMessage and FaceTime. Um, but and for now, we're sort of stuck with both of them. I don't know if that's their, their approach there, but it, it feels very strange to, as you're saying, like with iTunes to sort of shovel these things together now at the beginning in the hopes that maybe it'll iron itself out in the future. I wonder if these are geek complaints, though, because like you, I have you know a handful of iOS devices in my office, and if something goes off, they all go off at the same time. But in Apple's eyes, I'm not the typical Apple user. I, have, I think what they envision is that they have one iOS device, it's their iPhone or maybe an iPad, and they have one computer, and so if an alarm goes off or some kind of notification goes off, it's no big deal. Yeah, now you know, know about a- Apple assumes that everybody's got an iPhone well, and an plus iPad. They're trying off, to and sell everybody an iPhone. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And, and right now, I mean, I I don't agree with Dan that uh, I'm messages should be pulled out of the messages app. I, I I think that having text messages, even though the context is a little different, you know, I do think it's weird that FaceTime isn't in there too. I think that's strange, and I'm not sure why that is. But um, but I the the alerts thing is a huge problem. That uh, I'll grant you, it's in beta, right? But Apple has to figure out a way. I don't. Need all three of my devices squawking at me. And then also, I'm not sure, Dan, did you mention the fact that every now and then the Messages app realizes that you've had lots of conversations when you weren't on your Mac and it just sort of burps out yep. old yep. conversations? I, I didn't mention love, that. It's very bad. Yeah, Love and sometimes that. there's also some, I mean, some of times. this is just problems with iMessage where it's like, I've had it where it stopped keeping them in sync. Um, and then a day or two later, you'll just start in the gate, bling, 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 bling. And you'll get like 20 messages that you had like a day or two ago. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of a different kettle of fish to me, but I mean, it is extremely annoying. It's a cool, it's a cool idea. The idea is if you have a conversation on one device and you pick it up on another device, not only can you do that, but you can see the whole conversation everywhere you go. And that's great. Except what seems to be happening is that like if a Mac comes online and you've had an iMessage conversation somewhere else, it's like, oh, I got to get caught up and, and I'm going to spew out 30 messages. And, and, you know, maybe that's a bug. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think clearly that the iMessage system in the back end here, you know, not the apps necessarily, but the system needs to be tweaked to figure out, you know, how to handle these alerts. You know, do I only alert once and then I only alert on the device that's actively being used? You know, how do how does that work? And it's hard, right? It's tricky stuff. But having every device you own chime every single time anybody sends you anything is crazy. And that's a bad user experience. So I don't think it's just a geek thing. I think that if you're a user and you're like, all right, I'll 
sign up for this thing. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you go, all of your devices are yelling at you. That's a bad experience. And I Apple doesn't want that. It's a I beta, think, though. Let's give them that. Sure. But I think I think there's a fundamental design. Although this state. is true on iOS now, and they're not calling that a beta, right? And, and I, my, yeah. I, my iPhone and my iPad both yell at me now. It's just now my Mac also does. But I, I want to suggest something which I think might be you know a little bit on the radical side, which is to say – I think Apple should abandon IM, like instant messaging. I don't think they should support AIM or Google Chat or any of that. I think if you want to get that, I think there are that's a great opportunity for third parties. And maybe this, again, comes from my bias of saying, I haven't used iChat in years. I, I used messages for a few weeks after it came out, and it just constantly annoyed the hell out of me. Um, and so instead, I was use, I, I've used ADM for a really long time. And there, there are plenty of great IM clients. And I think what I think Apple, Apple is trying to sort of obviate instant messaging in favor of iMessage. Yes, and that's I agree. not a bad th- that's not a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think it might be a separate solution. And I don't think most people who are of a certain you ask someone ask someone who's a teenager or you know under the age of 20 today if they use instant messaging and most of them will look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> like it's not it's just not as prevalent as it was. Well, it's like asking somebody if they use IRC, right? It's right. Like, I mean, whoa. It's certain, some people whoa. do, but it's it's a very <laughs> it's a technology that has in many ways been replaced because yeah. you couldn't get your instant messages on your phone, for example, and everybody's on their phone and text messaging now. So I I honestly think you know build FaceTime and a lot of those features that aren't yet in sort of FaceTime and iMessage things like screen sharing and iChat theater and stuff that's kind of cool. Build those into iMessage. So. I think and, I think and get rid that's, of I am. I think that's what Apple's doing. I think Apple is building messages and has renamed it to make that the new thing. And I my f- gut feeling is that the I am features that exist in iChat which which are have just been copied over to messages and haven't been improved in any way will never ever be improved again that this is all they're ever going to do and and they'll keep it around as a legacy thing so as not to go kind of yoink but uh but I think that's it. I think that Apple views this this messages app as an iMessage client app from here on out. And I think that's I think that's fine. Again, I think that you know I am you know you deprecate it and you let the third party support it if they want. And people who are, know what it is are always going to find those clients. You know if they start selling them in the in the Mac App Store or whatever, or just you know something like ADM where you just go download it online. I think those that's that's fine for a lot of people. A lot of people will be plenty happy with that. And uh, I just it's right now it's at a weird, you know, island of Dr. Moreau style like <laughs> combination of the two. And it, it just feels strange. <laughs> Don't to me. look at me. I'm hideous. <laughs> yeah. So we've had the Winchester Mystery House, the Island of Dr. Moreau. What's our next kludgy squishing wow. together of monstrous things? Well, so speaking of kludgy putting together monstrous things, um, what is Apple's way forward here? I mean, I can imagine that you have the syncing and communications team at Apple having a meeting with the OS team, and the two of them are at loggerheads. Really, the OS is saying, well, but this is this is what the direction we're going, and the communications and syncing team says, no, no, we, we have to make all this stuff work with the cloud, and, and you have to build that into the OS. Is there an easy way for this to happen, or does Apple sort of have to do a, a reboot of OS 10 or OS 11 and say, okay, we have to fundamentally change a lot of things that happen under the hood so that all this stuff works? Eh, no, it's know, too it's- hard. Apple's doomed. <laughs> okay, good. It's it's Unix, which means there's lots of nice background processes. So you don't necessarily need system level rethink here. You just need what you need is a uh, system wide maybe sync service, but that's not there's already system wide sync services now and there's lots of other system wide services and you know there's system wide address book and 
so I, I think that's that's in the bailiwick of whoever is in charge of um, information syncing. And presumably the people who are doing iCloud and are working on iOS syncing are also the people who are in charge of that stuff at a grand scale for the Mac side. And, and they want it all to be integrated. And I, I suspect a lot of our complaints, and this goes to directly to what Dan was just saying about this weird transition to iMessage from iChat. Um, I think that we are watching this transition happen and it doesn't, you know, Apple can't make it happen all at once. And so instead we're in this position where we've got weird interim steps that don't really make a lot of sense. And you go, why is it like that? And, and I think that's where we are. I think that's where we are with iTunes too, because I think a lot of the iTunes problems are exacerbated by the iCloud stuff. And I think Apple's got a, got a, a point B <laughs> that they're going to, but we're not, we're between point A and point B now. That's where the Winchester mystery house is. So it's, and it's and, and, and the island of Dr. Moreau. They are both stationed between point A and point B. And the island and, and, from Lost is in there somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's floating around. It, it may be point C. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so that, that I feel like that's part of the explanation here. The question is just, you know, what is Apple doing and what what is Apple going to do, uh, if if anything, to solve this stuff? Or is it going to just say, you know what? That that old stuff isn't changing. It's just going to lay there, and we're going to work on the new stuff. And you know, and that's the question: is you know, well, and that and that's Apple's approach always is you know, not necessarily we're just going to shovel off this old stuff. I mean, they do that on occasion, but I think you know they're going to let it die on the vine, and they're going to say, you know, hey, instead of getting rid of it, we're going to compete by making iMessage so cool that that's what you'll want to use because. That's where everybody else is going to be, or that's where the features you're going to want to use are, right? Like that's that's their approach is saying, well, we're innovating on this technology, but not on this one, and that's it'll work itself out in the end. So is Mountain Lion point B? I think, uh, I think Snow Lion is <laughs> point ten point nine. Sleepy Kitty uh, eleven you know, point. I'm not sure OS releases are are well. I think I think the iMessage or Messages app is going to progress, right? It's a beta that we've got now. I think that I think that for the iMessages weirdnesses and the alert alert problems and stuff like that, I'm hopeful that Mountain Lion and iOS six will address that to some point because it's obviously a problem having all the weird alerts there's got to be a better solution and then for itunes and syncing i'm not sure whether that's a mountain lion thing or whether that's a uh, an itunes 11 kind of thing or both maybe i mean so, itunes you know, is very separate yeah. from the operating system in mm-hmm. most cases i mean a- apple can be working on that and fixing a lot of things unless it requires a lot of under the hood stuff but I mean, there might be a, like a system-wide sync service thing that requires Mountain Lion. And if you wanted to use this snazzy new personal iCloud or whatever, something like that, that might require you to say, you know, you've got to use Mountain Lion. But otherwise, yeah, iTunes is on this completely different path uh, from the OS. And well, it's much more closely whenever. tied to iOS than it is to, to the OS. So you could see right, iOS 6 right. coming out and then saying, oh, and by the way... A new iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, Lite, or whatever they are going to decide to call right, it. Well, it is weird that those two things are tied always, right? Like every time we see a new version of iOS, well, we got to wait for the new version of iTunes that'll support it. That is just such a... I mean, you stick, take a step back and you think about that, it makes no sense. Or an Apple way. TV update. Anything that requires, yeah, the syncing services of iTunes... Um, you know, requires a new version every time. It'd be like if you get a new, like, oh man, I just bought like a new, uh, you know, stereo for my house, but now I got to get all the wire in my house upgraded all over again, or I got to get a new fridge. <laughs> okay, well, um, speaking of fridge, uh, Jason is outside in the cold. Now. It's so cold, <laughs> and I think we should wrap it up. The, the poor man. So, um, 
again, we, I think we've uh, presented the problems to Apple. I'm sure they will pay strict attention to oh, every yes. recommendation we've made. <laughs> and next week, everything will be fixed. So I would like to thank Jason Snell. Thank you from my backyard. Yes. Uh, Dan Morin. Thanks, Chris. And from across the building, John Seff. Thank you. I can see uh, where you are, but not where you are. Okay. <laughs> deep. Far He's behind up, a man. door, a closed door. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm behind a closed door. So, and thank you all for listening, and we'll uh, see you next week. 